Good morning. Get all this adjusted out here. Let's see. <laughs> all right, let me get my Bible up here. Let's see where it was yesterday. There you go. All right. I think I'm there. Yesterday we did Acts 8 and we got down, we were discussing, good morning, Lori, uh, we were discussing uh, Philip and uh, the Ethiopian eunuch and um, we found some nice little trivia in regards to the eunuch. Uh, he might not have been a eunuch in the sense of Daniel. Um, the word eunuch uh, could just simply mean an officer or a counselor of the state. And then we also mentioned that just because when we think of the Ethiopian eunuch, we immediately assume that he was an Ethiopian. Um, probably not because he was going to Jerusalem uh, for the feast. Uh, most likely he was a Jew. If not a Jew, he was certainly a proselyte. Um, much like Daniel would have been in Babylon and Medo-Persia, as Joseph would have been in Egypt. Um, and uh, I did an interesting uh, study several years ago about how prominent the Jewish community is even today in the world of finance. Uh, it's pretty shocking. Um, God has just really blessed them. They are, uh, they are very good when it comes to things like that. I, apparently they have always been. So then we also talked about Candace. Uh, the Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. Uh, Candace um, was not a proper name. It was not her name. Uh, a Candace was uh, simply a female leader. Um, much like a pharaoh. Um, there's a whole dynasty of Candaces um, that uh, I actually put up a link. Uh, they were the city of Mero, which was the capital of Kush, which today is modern-day Sudan. So many times we think Candace was her name. Uh, her, Candace was her title, not her name. And then, of course, uh, Philip was returning, sitting in, or uh, he was returning from Jerusalem. He's sitting in his chariot and he's reading from Isaiah the prophet. And, uh, and of course, the Spirit of the Lord told uh, Philip to go join himself to the chariot. And Philip ran thither to him in Acts 28 30 and heard him read from the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I accept a man should guide me? So apparently this is exactly why God had decided to um, take Philip down to meet this man. He knew this man was reading Isaiah, obviously Isaiah chapter number 53, and the man was going to need some help. The man was curious. The man had some questions. And uh, we discussed how that's why we need to be good students of the Word of God. We need to make ourselves available to answer questions. Um, because people are curious, people do want to know the answers. And the Bible says we need to preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, 
uh, reproving, rebuking, exhorting with all, all long suffering and doctrine. Well, in order to do all that, we have to know the Word of God. Um, uh, my grandmother was the one that used to say, if ignorance is bliss, why aren't more people happy? Um, because there's a lot of ignorance in the church, my friend. Uh, my life is spent um, sharing in churches, uh, speaking to students on university campuses. Um, ignorance is truly bliss. <laughs> um, and then in verse 31, he says, And he desired Philip that he would come and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he had read was this. And, of course, he's reading from Isaiah 53, verses 7 through 8, um, where it says, And he was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shears is dumb, he openeth not his mouth. Um, so he's looking at that portion, and he wants to know who these verses are speaking about. Now, I have no doubt that he had heard of Jesus. He had heard of Jesus of Nazareth, and he apparently had his suspicions. Uh, he may not have been in Jerusalem uh, years prior for the crucifixion, but certainly Jesus, the fame of Jesus and the exploits of Jesus had certainly made their way around. Of course, he's a, he is in Judaism, obviously, at this point. He's not a follower of Christ, but something in regards to these feasts that he went to that he's on his way back from had aroused his suspicions and uh, he wanted to know you know he says in the eunuch said i pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this of himself or some other man um, so he wanted to know and uh, then philip opened his mouth in verse number 35 and began at the same scripture and preached unto him jesus now remember that the New Testament had not been written yet, let alone canonized. So Philip, when he's opening his mouth and beginning at the same scripture, he is preaching to him from what we call the Old Testament. Um, the Old Testament scriptures were used to answer his questions. Jesus is all throughout the Old Testament scriptures. Um, I find Jesus in... Uh, Genesis chapter 1 verse number 1 in the beginning Elohim the plural name of God you know in Genesis 1 26 let us make man in our image unless they unless they become like us we need to put them from the garden so we are made in the the triune image of God God the Father God the Son God the Holy Spirit Dwayne the mind Dwayne the body Dwayne the spirit I am still Dwayne I am three yet one God is a triune being I don't understand why people really struggle with the Trinity today. And there's many in the church today that struggle with the triune existence of God. Um, even very popular, especially the apostolics, uh, they really struggle with this. Um, T.D. Jakes, you know, unless he's changed his views. Uh, I haven't listened to the man in years, but uh, he's an apostolic. He rejects uh, the Trinity. Uh, and yet, it's found all throughout the scripture. So, um, and notice it says, He opened his mouth and he preached unto him Jesus. Preached Jesus. He didn't preach the crucifixion. Okay? The crucifixion did not play into the gospel of the kingdom. Uh, the gospel of the kingdom was preached prior to the crucifixion. 
the gospel, the kingdom, first came through the words, through the mouth of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That is the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom does not include the crucifixion. The apostles, Jesus, preached the gospel of the kingdom. Um, and it, it always pointed to Jesus as their king, as their Messiah, and his offering of a kingdom. So when it, the gospel of the kingdom is always about Jesus, not the crucifixion. And then notice in verse 36, the crucifixion is the gospel of grace. Because that's when after the Jews had rejected the gospel of the kingdom, God showed grace on the rest of the world, <laughs> which is us, because God's initial design was to use the Jew to reach the Gentile. But the Jew refused the offer. So God showed grace to the Gentile by raising up the Apostle Paul. And we need to understand that to properly right divide the scriptures. Um, and then in verse 36, And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here's water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? Why is the eunuch asking for baptism? Because that was the gospel that Philip was preaching to him, Repent and be baptized. So obviously, the, the eunuch is thinking, well, I've believed, I've repented, the next thing I need to do is get baptized. So it's obvious that Philip was preaching the gospel of the kingdom to this man because he wanted to be baptized. It was the same baptism of repentance that John the Baptist, um, all the way through Peter, had preached. You remember at the first Pentecostal sermon in Acts chapter number 2, they were cut to the heart. What must we, what must we do? And Peter's answer was, you need to repent and you need to be baptized so that you might receive the Holy Ghost. We don't preach that gospel today, or at least we shouldn't, but the vast majority of churches do. They say, repent, you, you got to repent, you got to be baptized, but it's of faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's a contradictory gospel. That is no gospel at all that Paul referred, that Paul referred to when speaking to the Galatians. You can't mingle the gospel of grace with the gospel of kingdom. You can put grace with law, but you cannot put law with grace. So don't turn around, don't tell me I got to repent and be baptized and then tell me that it's not of works lest any man should boast and that it's grace. It's not grace once you mingle law with it. It becomes nothing. The Apostle Paul said it's no gospel at all if we do that. And yet the vast majority of churches do do that. Um, <clears throat> verse 37, and Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. So again, make no mistake, the gospel of the kingdom required belief that Jesus was who he said he was. This led to repentance and baptism. And understand, faith is required for both. Faith is required <clears throat> to keep the law and faith is, is, is required for grace. Um, you have to have a belief in what you're doing or you wouldn't be doing it. So faith is required for both Gospels. <clears throat> now, I can't compare and contrast this eunuch believing, all his, believing with all his heart with Simon in the previous verses whose heart was not right in the sight of God. So you, know, you remember Simon the sorcerer, he came and pretended like he repented and got baptized, but obviously he didn't. 
because you know they he he said in acts eight twenty one he said thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter for thy heart is not right in the sight of God so the heart has something to do with it in regards to belief <clears throat> so again I can't help but to compare those verses and then notice in, in uh, verse 38, And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotos, and passing through, he preached all the cities until he came to Caesarea. So, Understand, there's only two baptisms mentioned in Scripture. One is with water, and one is with the Spirit. There's only two. Uh, water baptism is not required today. Um, because we are living under the gospel of grace. It's not required for our salvation. And anyone who teaches otherwise, which is the doctrine of baptismal regeneration, is guilty of not rightly dividing between the two Gospels. Now, churches do practice baptism, and there's nothing really wrong with that as long as they don't teach that it is salvific. In other words, it's, it's just an outward expression of an inward change. But I certainly would not push it like I used to. Uh, I would tell you... I would, you know, we, we, we start rationalizing to try to justify what we do. I would say things like, you know, if you don't come down to the front during the fifth line of just as I am at the altar call, uh, then you're ashamed of God and God's ashamed of you and it's not a true conversion. Um, I would never say something stupid like that anymore because uh, I believe you're saved the moment you believe. And you could have believed in minute number four of my 30-minute message. Well, you were saved at minute number four. Uh, you didn't need me. You certainly didn't need, need Miss Ethel playing the piano softly, gently, you know, Jesus is calling. You don't need all of that to be saved. Um, we've confused it. You know, you ask people today, are you saved? And they say, well, yeah, I, 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 I went down, you know, at the altar call. Well, there's a lot of people that go down to the altar call. It doesn't mean that you're saved. You're saved the moment you believe. The altar call had nothing to do with your salvation. Um, it was the moment that you believed. And baptism has got nothing to do with it. Um, whether you move forward in baptism or not. Now, I used to say, well, if you don't move forward in baptism, you're being disobedient. You see, I was mixing the gospel of the kingdom with the gospel of grace. Um... Now, would I condemn somebody for wanting to be baptized? No. Would I make baptism a prerequisite for being a part of a fellowship? No, I would not do that today. Now, I did previously, but now I've come to understand uh, there's a difference between the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of grace. And um, when we mix them. Now, notice also that the unit comes up out of the water and Philip is whisked away. Now notice that the baptism, there's only one baptism in scripture and it always involved going under the water. Um, you can't come up out of something you never went down into. Now that would be a big argument for me years ago to justify full immersion because I was really focused on that. I'm not focused on that now. It's not required um, at all. Um, 
so Philip is whisked, whisked away. And then my final point here is the word where it says Philip was caught away. That word caught is the word harpazo, which is also used in 1 Thessalonians 4.17 in regards to the rapture of the church. Where it says, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught Harpazo up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So Philip is caught away. Um, and of course, he goes on uh, preaching the gospel of the kingdom to, the, to, to Azotos, or wherever the Lord sent him next, down near Caesarea. Now, many point to this as how the 144,000 are going to be able to preach the gospel of the kingdom during the time of Jacob's trouble, the seven-year tribulation. Uh, they're not going to be catching planes or buses or, you know, they're just the Lord's going to take them where they need to go during the seven-year tribulation, and they're going to be teaching the gospel of the kingdom. Uh, that is exactly what Matthew 24, 14 is saying when it says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. That has nothing to do with the body of Christ. It has nothing to do with the times of the Gentiles. Wherefore, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, that is tribulational ground there. And the 144,000 are going to be preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and apparently they're going to be moving around like Philip got moved around because they're going to preach that gospel uh, to all nations. And then when they're done, the end will come. All right, guys. God bless you. I hope that you have a great day. Good to see all of you. Thank you for uh, uh, coming in and, and watching for a while. I'm going to uh, save this and then I'll put all the notes up on my website at dwaynesperman.org. Check that out. And then also it's going to go up on to uh, SoundCloud for those of you that use that app on your phone. So God bless you guys. I hope that you have a great day. Remember God loves you, wants the best for you. He's working all things out for your good.